0: Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno-Wizard. It is Friday, December 17th, 2021. For now. <laughs> 12.23pm. And, um... I know I said I was going to do... Uh, talk about the metaverse stuff. Or something like that. This morning. But I was reading some web fiction as I woke up. And, uh... <laughs> it took up my boarding. So... Now I'm doing it during lunch Um, And (laughs) I completely forgot (laughs) Most of what I was going to talk about Because my Silly butt didn't write anything down But you know these ideas tend to come back to me So we'll see if I can rediscover What I was going to say as I walk right now (laughs) Embarrassing but you know It is what it is Um, Also I've been like Listening to Some music that I've like my top fifty songs on SoundCloud for the last six years since since twenty sixteen it, it put all the it put all my top fifty playlists and um, it's been it's been really cool to go back and listen to the music I used to like and I still like now <laughs> I got good taste I I I I, I, I just gotta say it. I got good taste I think <laughs> um, but it's funny in twenty sixteen I have a whole bunch of metal songs um, which is absolutely hilarious and then there's this one song. That was my number one song for like two years in a row. Um, so that's that's nice. Uh, quite a few songs that's in that's my top fifty in multiple years in a row. So yeah, it's it's just interesting. I'm both very consistent, but also very um, kind of uh, diverse in my music taste. Like I have everything from hip hop, metal, um, dubstep. Uh, okay, maybe not a whole bunch of other stuff like I don't have like you know country or some other <laughs> things like that, but you know it's 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 a fair it's a fair mix um of sounds so i feel i feel a little proud about that and um it's nice but anyways let's let's get into this metaverse stuff, so I'm actually going to combine it this this topic with um what i want to want it to do for the shapes x r contest so I, mentioned, I think I mentioned this in a prior episode, but there's this new tool called Shapes XR, which allows you to prototype or really just build storyboards in XR, like for augmented and virtual reality, right? It's a free tool um, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good, you know, it's collaborative, so multiple people can be in the same space and all this other stuff. Um, it's still early, you know, still very much in beta, Still, a lot of features is missing, but it's fairly awesome. Um, and I look forward to seeing how it progresses. Um, but they did it, they, they were doing a contest to see what is the future of media consumption in XR, right? And um, I really want to enter this contest because I that's exactly what this type of stuff I be thinking about all the time. Um, and it was some good money they was putting up there, like you know, between $500 and in Amazon credit or like Amazon gift card credit which basically means buying almost anything (laughs) because almost everything is on Amazon these days but I was like dang that would have been nice but um, with all the stuff that's been happening the past two weeks I didn't really have a chance to to get around to that Um, but what I want to do is share some of my ideas here and combine that with um, what I think I wanted to talk about in terms of making the future of the internet and the metaverse kind of more open and interoperable, decentralized, and so on and so forth, okay? So, I think the best way to start this is, I guess, kind of sort of paint a picture, right? Um, uh One of the people that, one of the contestants in that contest for 76R was... Um, not quite a friend but like an acquaintance Jason Hahn I believe his name is he works at Spatial um uh, which is a pretty cool cool company I I wanted to work there at one point um but I wasn't really talented like skilled as a designer at that time um but I talked to him while he was there he's still there but I talked to him you know asked uh, probably I don't know over a year ago by now but talked to him a little bit every now and then and it was cool to see him in this in this contest and uh, he mentioned, you know, he likes to start things off with a story. And his story, unfortunately, was a bit long. It was way longer than uh, the time allotted to him. But it was really cool to to hear that story, hear him kind of loop in different personas and use cases and things like that. Unfortunately, he didn't win, not even in the top three. But I was really inspired by, you know, the the storytelling aspect that he used. So let me let me do that, or at least try to. <laughs> um, so imagine how, how does one start this story <laughs> on the fly too? I don't know if I can improvise this sort of thing. I don't know. Let me try. Um, yeah. Imagine you know you're in your living room trying to find something to watch. Um, or better yet, better yet, imagine a a common thing that many of us may experience. You know, kind of family night, um, watching the Super Bowl, or Something similar to that, you know, you have one at least one person in your family who probably likes watching football or some other sport, you know, sitting down at the TV, huge, you know, flat screen TV in your living room, um, kind of first world stuff, <laughs> if you want to call it that, but um, you know, watching this flat screen TV game is on, and um. You as a as a tech forward person, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a tech forward person. Probably know about a lot of this technology, and you you, you know you got a headset, bought an XR headset for your for your for yourself or your family and stuff like that because you thought it was cool, and you want your um, let's say your dad, I guess, the typical stuff, the stereotypical bit, but you know <laughs> you want your dad to experience you know this XR, I and mean, like hey, dad, I think you really you really like this. You know this will make your your game pop out even more right you can see all the different scores better you know you keep track of things um from different rooms you can even see the game playing out on the on the little um on the table in front of you all right wouldn't that be cool he's like what how I, I don't know what you're talking about like i'm gonna be inside the game like what what does that mean <laughs> so you just you know take off the, get the headset and show them as he puts on the headset. It recognizes who he is. What he's watching. Um, and begins to. A lot of cars coming by. Sorry. <laughs> begins to uh, scan the room. And. You know. Maybe you did a commercial break of course. Because you don't want to interrupt the game. <laughs> but it scans the room. And uh, realizes that you know. It's a commercial break for the, for the game. And has them set up a little things, you know. Hey, notice you're watching, you know this game here. You know we can put the scores over to the side here, so you can see who's winning, who's losing, all things like that. You can put your player stats on the other side. You know who's injured, um, who's on the line, who's on the team, whatever you call it, who's on the bench. You can put that on this side. And if you really want, you know, it looks like this game is a is a big one, and they're actually. Scanning the whole team and environment, so you can have the game in front of you, and boom, they could put the game on the table in the living room or the ottoman or whatever you have in front of you, or even on the floor. All right, and he's like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" All right, I can see the characters, the team, keep up with the sports, I mean, keep up with the score, and right there in your living room um, table or floor is the entire game on a bird's eye view. Right? And it shows them, hey, if you want, you can kind of move your hands outwards, kind of gesture to to make the make the uh area bigger. And it feels like you're actually on the floor with them. So as these guys are doing their sports stuff, <laughs> you're like able to actually see, you know, them kick the ball and get tackled and all that good stuff, right? So that's that's one kind of use case. That's that's kind of typical stuff there. Now what interests me is what happens all around this. All right? If another person has a headset or some other device, they can see what he's seeing, or they could be watching a completely different show. All right, <laughs> that's what's amazing about this. You can have this, the same shared reality and that multiple people in this living room are all watching, you know, this this uh, football game happening in the living room. I'm going to have to pause it. These folks are doing this around. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of the typical stuff there, right? Where you have this game showing up. And you have people watching it. And, you know, your sister or your other brother could be watching a completely different game. They could be playing Fortnite in the living room, right? In the same area. But, you know, superimposed. Um, is on the living room floor Mm -hmm. is, you know, their Fortnite game. They can be playing that at the same time as, you know, the dad and the brother are watching football, right, in the same area. Now, what brings us even to the next level, right, in addition to all that, is the interoperability capabilities, right? So, imagine the game is during halftime, right, and there's a big um, artist up there Say Beyonce or something, um, whoever was going to be big (laughs) whenever it's technology gets crazy, Lil Nas X or some other folks, you know, some new folks. But there's a halftime show, and because you're, you know, there's some of your folks in there playing Fortnite and some of them playing, uh, watching the the game, you know, it it sees oh, there's a partnership here, you know, Fortnite's working with uh, the Super Bowl to have integration. So now they can go and play Fortnite on the football field, right? And many of the people at that concert can jump into the Fortnite game, you know, or the people who's watching the concert or the people who's watching the game can all jump into this huge, crazy Fortnite game, right? I'm using these IPs here because it's, it's the most recognizable. Um, we'll get to IP stuff in, uh, later. But the point here is that anybody who's looking at this who's kind of in this moment can all jump into the same space right even though they were technically playing different experiences or looking at it from different perspectives or from different locations they can all still jump into the same space at this time or you can even have an instance type of thing where people who don't really care about football can still be playing the Fortnite game but you have elements of the football players or the football you know the super bowl people going into the the uh, game experience, the game world, right? So you have a kind of complex, but at the same time, fairly simple um, integration of different people, you know, jumping into different games and all this other stuff, right? So all that is kind of one use case and how it can vastly um, kind of change depending on the environment, the context, and all the people involved, right? That's just one way of looking at it. Here's another. You're in your room studying for a test um, or, you know, creating some, uh, you know, a video essay or, or something like that or blog article, <laughs> listening to music, and as that music is playing, you can kind of get into, into flow, into a flow state of focus um, with the uh, game uh, or with the, the work that you're working on. Um, let's say you're, and you actually can do this in in XR, right? You have a headset on while you're working. You can see, see it, see a keyboard that you're working on, um, and it can read your biometrics to tell that you're in focus. Maybe your pupils are dilated a certain amount. You know, um, you've been keeping up a, a, a certain flow of of uh, of typing or something like that. But it can detect that you're in flow, and realize, okay, this music, you know, works with you in this environment. You know to create you know this flow to keep you concentrated to keep you focused and so it can you know loop that type of music so even if your music was on shuffle it says oh this next song it's is a completely different type of song right and it will probably knock you out of flow so instead it can change the shuffle to keep the music in the same type of you know sound that you're currently in that got you in flow and will maintain that focus level and then it will you know concentrate the environment around you such that other people, it can say, oh, hey, this person's in flow, so if you're, you know, your, your partner's in, in there, if like if you're living with your partner, or maybe you're, you know, living with your parents, or whatever, right, it can notate them, like, hey, this person is really focused on their work, they, they're crushing it out, you know, so if, I, if at all possible, you know, try not to disturb them at this point, all right? Something like that, keep it respectful. <laughs> but the fact, the point is here, it can communicate, you know, your current state, so that you can continue that work um, and it can enhance it so that the environment itself is helping you to maintain that state of focus as well and then as you're working you know maybe you want to bring in different sources and stuff like that so you can easily be like okay I need this source you circle that and had a thorough search on that and it will bring up the different you know resources for that and you can pull in the different ones into your into your um, paper or your video or whatever um, and it's all kind of seamlessly combined right this the kind of video editing and transcription essay and you know uh, citations and all that stuff is all kind of in one space where you're creating all of this together at the same time so you don't have to you know do like do just the essay and then the video and then the transcript or whatever no you can just do all of it at the same time right that's another kind of scenario there yet another is the ability to, you know, do some let's say some act outside work. All right, people would have to think that XR will make it more escapist and that people won't go outside as much. Well, actually, you can make it so that when you're outside and you have one of these headsets on or even if you don't have a headset on, maybe you have some like um identifier chip or something like that. Not like implanted into you but like a similar to a phone right but it just holds your your data and sends out signals to other people um, that you want to know who you are or where you are things like that right Um, as you're walking around outside and if somebody else comes in and they have a headset or one of these chips it pings you and says oh wow this is this person you know gives you that information so if you don't have a headset on maybe you have a um, a bluetooth earpiece or something like that and it will update it will update you say hey this person is is here or if you are walking around your neighborhood you know it'll say oh this person is home this person is not um, if they want to share that information of course um, if you're planning out different you know things you want to do like you want to improve your neighborhood and say okay we're gonna do this that and the other to the neighborhood you can you know actually do that so as you're on your walk you can mark this location as okay this is a you know um, an abandoned building we want to upgrade it and do this work with it and things like that uh, what resources do we have available to do that boom sends out a ping to the people around your community um, as well as the resource centers and you can actually see right then and there if you have the resources or what it will take to get those resources or who wants to help as well right so it can, as you see here, it can really help to in, increase and improve kind of real-world efforts as well. I talking and walking, but as you see, there's there's so many things that we can do here, right? With media consumption, um, with XR and things and things like that in general. The underlying Framework here though will be really important For instance going back to that IP if the data and the kind of I don't know creative effects like if the Only people who can do this sort of integration are big companies like Fortnite and Super Bowl um, folks, then That will be really hard to do on a regular basis for everyday people, right? so instead it would be important for anybody to be able to create their own integrated um, aspects assets and things like that so for instance when you create that video essay um, or even if you're just you know making just general entertaining videos or um, oh I just had some other ideas I want to share too but we'll get to that in a bit <laughs> I was thinking about books uh, we'll get to that in a bit but let's say you're creating entertaining content you know um, like a story or you know, some comedy or or some sketch or something like that, right? You can actually host this yourself, right? You don't need YouTube or any other platform to host your services and send it to a whole bunch of people. You can actually host it on your own server that's available because cloud computing um, is is publicly available, right? There's a like your community has a public um, kind of server center right and this is where it comes this is where I mean by the underlying framework right if we continue to where we are where we are right now such that only the only way to share your content um, or even make content is to depend on other you know huge companies what that means is that they have the ultimate rights right um, for this stuff and therefore you have to pay them you have to follow their you know privacy policies Um, not even privacy policies because they don't really care about that but basically you have to care you have to follow their um, their what you call it like the rights right basically uh, their terms and conditions essentially right in order to use their service you have to agree to their terms and conditions and that says oh they can use your data however they want and sure there might be some sort of data protection stuff but it's going to be like pulling teeth right because at any point in time they are the controllers of your data and so if you if you want to make sure that your data is being used responsibly or correctly or whatever, then then you have to, have to depend on some other organization to audit them. In order, it's just a lot of back and forth. So a better format here, a better foundation for this technology, would be to have community, public, um, funded or publicly owned servers, right? So instead of depending on some huge Amazon or Google or some other service that holds all these ser- these servers, each community has their own servers, right? So you live in a community um, of people that you trust and care about and things like that, um, and they all have these servers, and then you can share it out. You can share your own information with other people that way, right? That does mean it might make it harder to... Well, not necessarily. I was going to say it might make it harder to, you know, have... Hundreds of thousands or even millions of people in one site at one time, but that's not necessarily true either because uh, we already that's this is the whole kind of power of cloud computing right is the ability to um, share the load between a whole bunch of different computers. So the more computers we have running, you know, this this kind of software and these technologies and and these um, experiences, the more you can distribute that load across each of these different um, devices in a like a peer to peer network. Right, and again, I'm not like a you know <laughs> um, computer architect or things like that. I might be wrong on how this stuff works, but I believe that's generally how it works. <laughs> right, I believe this, this sort of thing is is possible. Again, I look at things like you know Folding at Home, things like you know um, uh, Folding at Home is is basically a, a software. When I, I mentioned this before, you have your screensaver, and it's you know crowdsourcing your computer's processing power. To um, fold proteins in order for them to discover new ways of using you know that sort of uh, those sort of protein or yeah those proteins and information and things like that so I imagine like an ability like that but for every community maybe even every household right can have their own little server or or at least every community um, and you can maybe even bring this up to each city each municipality and things like that so the point here is that there is not so you don't have to depend on some centralized organization to hold all this information and to you know, facilitate all this, you know, XR capabilities and things like that. Instead, it's distributed between every single city, community, maybe even household out there. And th- the power of this allows far more computing power because now, once again, you don't have to depend on one organization to do it. Um, everybody can participate and it becomes a more sustainable method here, right? Um, and it it reduces the power of these corporations that can have that currently have all the power because they don't have access to all the data. Right. So any companies that crop up won't be able to uh, monopolize uh, the access to data. Maybe they have, you know, better ways of um processing, processing data and for different computer um, machine vision or machine learning. You know techniques or something like that but if the more you have these softwares that are community-based um, and things like that then the more you can decentralize even those softwares as well right depending on open source platforms so every city or municipality or whatever can have people who decide oh you know we need to improve our machine learning algorithms and things like that. Let's see, let's see what um, softwares are out there. You can license one or you can use an open source platform. But the bigger kind of market there, the bigger marketplace there, will feed into that whole you know, free market of ideas aspect. And so this really, really grows um, the overall technology. Now, the next part of this right, is to make it so that it becomes sustainable or really it's not even the, the the next part you can do all this at the same time as you're distributing this distributing <laughs> these service spaces to different homes and environments and and communities you can make sure that each community has sustainable computers right where the computers and the servers themselves run off of solar power um or you can we can begin to you know do more research into Uh, bio bio biocomputing and things like that where (laughs) similar to the idea I was talking about before you have like trees that are half computers half like organic trees right imagine that (laughs) so you can see the whole forest and at least half of those forest trees are also server, server computers right or you can build a mountain or something like that and that mountain is just as much an ecosystem as it is Well, just as much a physical um, ecosystem as it is a digital ecosystem right but the point here is that we can build technologies that are inherently sustainable so that even when it's when we scale up um, these these uh, processing power right because it takes a lot of energy to you know run these computers so even when we scale that up it's still something that is far more sustainable than what we have today with a bunch of server farms that don't really, that aren't really carbon neutral, much less um, carbon negative. So, yeah, I think we can kind of combine all of this together. And this is, the, once again, the importance of ensuring we have distributed computing and distributed power and distributed resources for all this stuff. In addition, we can um, go back to the use cases here. So, th- that idea I had... Um, mentioned before about books right I love reading a lot of web fictions and things like that because um, to me I get so immersed into the story. but what if you can turn a story into a virtual world just like that right They already have computer um, it 's not exactly computer vision I guess computer machine learning type of stuff, but they have algorithms or AI today where you can type something up and it in it like you say oh a green field with a tree, right? And it it paints that, right? It creates that image <laughs> based on a written description. This technology is already possible. It's still refining. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot that needs to be done to refine it, but it's possible. So what if we can have books like this, right? Where you can read the book or have the uh, you know computer read the book, and it visualizes you know the environment for you. So as you're reading, um, you can be immersed You can be literally immersed in the environment that the author wrote And you can see these things happening that they wrote And all this other stuff, right? Um, Now with this, of course, comes a lot of different things you have to consider Things like, you know, once again, IP, things like that Um, PTSD, people write crazy stuff Or, you know, any number of things you, you probably have to think about And so this means that you have to think about how you facilitate that like what is that what are the mechanisms in place to protect people um from these sorts of abuses or from you know uh people who want to try and privatize this information or any number of these things again it comes down to decentralization currently today a lot of the fiction marketplace is both Growing and that is extremely huge with how many people are are creating their own web fictions and things like that But it's also kind of handicapped Because at any time if you if you create a fiction a fan fiction based on a popular IP Right you face the 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 risk of that IP holder coming to take down your stuff Right, especially if it gets popular and or if you make money with it, right? so what if instead you can ban all of this IP stuff <laughs> so that people can't hold IP on different ideas, but, right? Because people are going to be, oh, what about this and that and the other? You know, I protect my, I should have the right to make money off of my services and stuff like that, right? Of course you should. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I did a whole couple podcasts on this already. IP is not necessarily, it's not really the way to do this because oftentimes what happens is that. You have to be a big enough person, meaning that you have to have a good amount of money and power to uphold IP. If you're just a small um, writer or author, or artist or whatever, nobody cares about your IP. let I mean, just say it like that. Like, if somebody you know copies your stuff, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you don't really have the the power to do that. You don't have the lawyers, right? You don't you don't have the money to pay for lawyers to go and 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 you know. Um, sue them or things like that. And if it's a bigger corporation taking your stuff, you're shit out of luck most of the time, right? The majority of the time, if if a bigger company takes your stuff, number one, you're going to have a hard time proving it because <laughs> they're so big and they had they probably had all these ideas. They could just say, oh, we never seen them. Oh, we never, you know, we never noticed that. <laughs> but number two, they have a lot of lawyers, right? So if you try to sue them, then they can even even if you win, right? Even if you win, they can basically hold you up in court for months, if not years, right? Draining your own money until you know <laughs> uh, they come across. Oh yeah, we'll we'll settle it, and they pass you a, a, a piddling amount of money that barely pay, that barely covers the cost of those lawyers. Some don't get me wrong. There are some lawyers who do it pro bono, who who who, who say, okay, you don't even have to pay us right now. We'll we'll get paid after we win. You know from this thing but that still means that your work might be up might not be able to be worked on until that whole thing is figured out right and so either way you're kind of screwed and it doesn't the fact is the point here is that IP doesn't really help most creators it only really helps the big companies to maintain their power so instead what if we use blockchain technology to you know actually notate when and when where and how things like that that people came up with new ideas right so whenever you come up with an idea it gets minted on a blockchain and then I mean there's some again some nuances you have to figure out like what blockchain to use and all this other stuff but go with me here it gets minted on a blockchain maybe a shared one maybe a a decentralized maybe maybe there, there are different blockchains but they all can still talk to each other somehow but the point here is to get minted on a blockchain Saying, okay, you you came up with this idea on, you know, um, this date, you know, December 12th, um, 2021 at 2.54 p.m., you know, um, in this location, you know. And if you want, you can put more information in, in terms of metadata. Like, I was looking at this, that, and the other. You know, this is my inspirations for it. Um, this is how I came up with it. This is what it does. And all, like, you can put all this metadata. You don't have to, but you can. You can put all this metadata into it. So that if another person has another idea, right, you can compare notes. You can actually say, okay, oh wow, that person, I thought they came up with it after they saw mines, but clearly there's no indication that they actually saw my, my idea, right? Because as with the blockchain, like you can have it so that every time somebody looks at this, it gets noted in the metadata, right? So it says, okay, this person looked at this here, this blah, 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 blah. Um, or because people might have concerns about privacy and tracking and things like that or you could just leave it up to the original timestamp so if a person too you know um, mints their own idea then if it's after your date and in a different location you can say okay maybe they didn't see it you know or maybe they did see it but they still but they minted it afterwards so it's, it's likely that yours was the original and theirs was not right now they can try to come up with a thing there to say, "Oh, I never saw their stuff." Blah 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 blah. But either way, it's fine, right? It doesn't really matter. The point here is that you still have proof that you came up with the idea first, right? So if anybody has any other questions later on, you can be like, "Oh, this person is the original idea, um, um, idea generator or generator of this idea," um, and that comes in handy when you go, go on to make remixes or make or 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 uh, you know grow this idea out this concept maybe it's a it's a, a writing or, you know or a video or whatever and you want to grow this concept out and put more things in this area you can always point to the original thing if somebody else makes this makes remixes of this thing they can use your um, blockchain like right? your your the thing that you minted <laughs> right? your NFT if you want to call it that so when they they can get more points by remixing something, by remixing um, the original author of a thing, right? So I'm not sure if I'm if I'm saying this clearly here. Let me back up a second. The point here is not to have a top-down approach of trying to um, say who gets the most money or this, that, and the other. Um, it's not to be an authoritarian. In terms of like supporting people's IPs, supporting people's um, ideas, the point here is to create a bottom-up approach that is a natural and kind of organic way to incentivize people to respect, you know, um, original ideas and, and creations. While at the same time making it easy for anybody to create their own things right so they don't have to worry about if some other, if they create something separately and then it looks something like some what somebody already has an IP on and they can go back and and that person who has IP can go and take your stuff just because it might it might look like it right because that happens a lot too um, this is why IP is often a actually a a um, limiter of innovation as opposed to an influencer like it doesn't really incentivize innovations it actually limits innovations because it's, it's a first come first served thing so it's a, it's a zero-sum game where um, you only really gain you know the money and the influence if you're the first person to mint or to you know create this um, idea but in a blockchain scenario that doesn't necessarily have to be true instead each person who mints an idea an original idea mint it because they are it's 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 proof positive that you've came up with this thing right and so if you want to or rather if somebody else wants to riff on your idea right they're incentivized to actually remix your nft so you mint an nft that's that's your idea and then they take your nft and then you know, create their own idea from it, and mint their own NFT based on yours. So it's like it's continuing the block. It's it's a continuing the chain, right? In that blockchain. So you're you're the first in the chain. They're the second. Then another person's the third, and so on and so forth, right? So as that chain continues, each person gets a um, a cut a cut, based on um how much of the idea was remixed, right? So if person four you know makes a bunch of money. From their idea, then this money goes on to persons three, two, and one, right? A portion, a fraction of that money, right? Um, and the person four is incentivized to 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 do that with persons three, two, and one, because if a whole bunch of other people, right, begin to remix on person four's idea, then you know they get a multiplier. You know of, of amount of money based on how many people they have in turn remixed I'm not, again I'm not sure if I'm explaining this right I, this kind of will probably make more sense with a schematic or something like that but the point here is that we want to essentially incentivize people to number one uh, mint on their on a blockchain and number two mint on a on somebody else's blockchain right to continue the chain essentially right so if you we can do that by number three Um, rewarding people for remixing things, right? That might sound pejorative or something like that but this is important because people today kind of have this idea that um, new ideas, that being creative means coming up with something original meaning like there's there's nothing seen before, like nobody has this thing, blah, blah 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 but that's actually not how human brains work, like we literally cannot come up with things that we've never seen before that's not how like it's literally impossible what we do instead in terms of creativity and imagination is we take things that we've seen before and we remix them right we mix it up in our minds in completely different ways we simulate all the ways and all the percolations all the combinations all the different ways in which this thing or this a whole bunch of different things can combine to form something new right and so what the point is? this blockchain is, is to kind of try, to try and replicate that. Right? To try and replicate how our brains actually work, not how we think our brains work. <laughs> right? It, it, it's kind of arrogant to, to think that being creative, being original means pulling things out of thin air. You know? Like it's, you know, <laughs> that's just not how our brain works. So, yeah, the point here is to replicate that behavior. And, um... As More people use this, then more people can benefit from this system, all right. And if you are using a blockchain that a lot of other people are already using, then you can gain even more kind of um kickbacks later on down the line, as essentially continuing humanity's uh creativity and 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 all that good stuff, all right? So, again, there's a lot of different ways that this, this can happen, this needs to you know be implemented but the point here is that with the blockchain technology and XR and all this other stuff it's not about having your own IP right having your own um, um, art that you can speculate on right and you can buy and sell and at a higher value later and things like that like, I feel like the current use case of a lot of NFTs and blockchains is completely missing the point right people point to um, they're basically creating, like they say this all the time, but they're creating artificial scarcity. That's not the point. That's, it's, it's, to me, it's a complete waste of the technology to, to create artificial scarcity. Instead, it's to create real abundance, virtual abundance, right? So that everybody can get kickbacks, that the more that they, um, you know, be a part, participate, and the shared kind of creativity of humans the more people ideate together and work together and collaborate and cooperate to create new things to create better things then the more everybody else you know including those same people um benefit so it's to create more ways for us to cooperate as opposed to ways for us to compete and abuse you know and be greedy because that's the problem with a lot of nfts today Is that it's since this is a huge artificial scarcity zero sum game Then it's just reinforcing the bad behaviors, right? Greed, um, abuse, scams, you know, things like that And it really is destroying um, our trust in each other and in the technology If we instead create a decentralized cooperative, you know, system Then that can greatly greatly benefit all of humanity But yeah, there's a lot more we can figure out here. Um, Another another part of this was the idea of um, privacy and things like that. So a huge part of of XR is the ability to put filters on things, right? So that when you see in a building, a person, a a a object, an animal, whatever, right, you can replace that. You can uh, with through occlusion and things like that with another Model like if you see a house you can Put your own paint on it you can you know um, Vandalize it virtually If you want to or you can just replace It with some other thing like I'm looking at a house What if this was a castle right or I'm Looking at that house what if that was a forest Or I'm looking at that tree what if that was a, um, a Gemstone or a Giant crystal or something like that like you You can basically replace how like Re-augment you know <laughs> How you see the world But the problem with that comes in um, when you're dealing with you know things like a shared reality, when other people you're sharing your filters with other people um and now you have to consider okay, what does this other person see right if you're looking at their house that they live in right do do they see the thing that you created for for their house what if they don't like that thing right um either they would have to create their own filter over it or you know Maybe I delete your filter, but like not see your filter in their view, right? Then, um, and the, the podcast that I was talking about yesterday mentioned this is like what happens when people are looking at the White House, right? Or something like that. Um, theoretically, you can have a kind of schism in people's reality where you have some people saying oh this is our foundation of democracy and this that and the other while other people say oh this is you know (laughs) um a fake democracy and people have um you know this is not a real president in there that type of thing right so you have two different realities looking at the same filter how do you handle that (laughs) it was funny because in the podcast uh i forgot his name again but the CEO of Niantic was kind of like avoiding this answer this question he was like, "Oh, we're focusing on this day and the other. You know, <laughs> what are the power that, what are the um, abilities people have to come together and see each other as fellow humans and things like that?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's all well and good, <laughs> but this is this is indeed an important question here, right? Because some people would say would assume that oh, you have to have a top down approach. that says oh, in the White, on, on, around the White House, you always have to have this filter." Right Or no filters or whatever, right, or the government's filter, but again i would I would pressure this because you know taking that approach means that you're assuming that we want to maintain you know this authoritarian um, setting here where you have a government dictating um what what gets shown where, even if it's just for their own quote unquote property right instead, I would argue each person, each individual should have their own kind of bubbles that they can have that they can implement around themselves right so that they can choose for themselves if a filter gets applied to them um and things like that and um maybe you know maybe you can you know override that for your own personal thing but you can't override that for others right and this is going to be a back and forth thing the importance here is that Oh, I have the right to choose. You know how I show myself. For instance, you know if I if I am, you know if I want to be presented as this individual, you know, let's say as an elephant. um, I don't know. Well, I'm a. I was trying to use that because it's it's easier to to think about. But I'm I'm gonna just go full pale into the realistic, right? Just like with pronouns, how we talked today about. You know, some people like to be um, introduced by this pronoun or that pronoun. that's a serious thing Because you have to think about it Like in the future If everybody's walking around In different, different headsets With these headsets Or some other projector type of system And they see the world In different filters right? Then You're definitely going to have These moments Or really on a regular basis Where Some people can say Oh I want to present myself As a You know um, As a woman You know um, As a trans woman and another person be like, oh, no, I think you're a man, right? So how do you handle that? There's different approaches you can take here, right? You can say, oh, you know, this person, like, if I want to identify myself as a trans woman, then that is going to be my filter, right? I can put that filter on myself. And anybody that sees me, you know, views me as a trans woman. But the other person might say, no, you know, you, it's my filter, Right, You can't tell me what I see in my filter, right? <laughs> so that person can see that person Not as a trans woman um, In their own personal filter And that's all fine and good, right? Definitely you can't force other people um, To see how you want to see yourself Just like you can't force people to use your correct pronouns However, it becomes a matter of respect Like if you're dealing with your friends With people who you trust Who you care about, right? You're going to ask them, okay, you know I would like you to use this filter um, if they don't then you have to consider if they're your friends or not like you know that's when it comes in that's more about you know um, that respect there however the problem here comes in when you're when you can share filters right? right let's say that other person who doesn't want to view you as a trans woman wants to share their filter with their friends and maybe even you know in a wider view like publicly just sharing it with everybody so everyone, and they might even put something inflammatory, like they put your filter as a pig or something like that, right? Something real inflammatory. So everybody who has shared their filter sees you as a pig, right? And that impacts you because now people are laughing at you and, and abusing you, assaulting you, things like that, Um, because you appear as a pig, you know, in their filter. How do you deal with that? right? one way is, is is creating this bubble oh, that I was talking about so that and anytime you're dealing with a filter that people have not created themselves but one that have been, has been shared you know, it automatically reverts to how you see yourself or something like that right um, so it's kind of like a a uh, intercept so the, you know, people are viewing the data that's coming that usually is is being sent out from you or or being sent to you it re re reverts that to you know whatever you're looking at but again, you have to consider if if that counts as kind of you know messing with somebody else's freedoms or things like that or filters it's gonna be a tricky thing right you can easily argue that um you know it's not it's not really a part of their freedom to, to to show how you are being shown, right? You can, I don't know <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm, I don't know how to say this. It's basically, it, it creates a sort of arms race, right? Where you want to be seen as one type of filter, as one type of thing, and somebody else who might be assaulting you or just, you know, um, really stubborn or whatever, um, they want to see you as a different type of thing, mm-hmm. right and it 's going to be an orange race to see who <laughs> who kind of wins out there um, if you will right? Your filter might look a certain way. you might come up with the technology that um, makes your filter mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. look the same or look a certain way, um, but they might come up with a different technology to change that to, to so that they see what they want to see. Um, Even if it's against your will and that's a serious type of thing there like it might sound a little bit silly today but it's going to be You know fairly important as we live in a world in Which our virtual world becomes just as real as our physical world Right, that's something to think about But the importance here is to make sure that this is always up to the individuals, right? Because as soon as you depend on a government or a organization like a company to facilitate this, then that means both of you are beholden to that organization, right? If you're up to the American you know, government stuff, then you have to depend on you know, what they say <laughs> um, is right. That means neither of you, you know, might have what you want or w- only one of you have what you want at the cost of the other. While if you both, or if you live in a a corporation, or rather if you're you know using a corporation's services and you have to depend on their terms and conditions, that means you know, again they might side with one or the other, or to make it come up with a way in which both of you, you know, don't like the situation. Um, only it's only the, only when both people, when all individuals have their own kind of power. dictate these sorts of things will it be easier to come to a agreement on these things right because people like to assume that oh oh, everybody's bad and therefore this you know this authoritarian you know um, approach is necessary but when you begin to work with other people right then you begin to realize you know oh wow this person is is not is not that bad this person might have a point and you know you can actually see yeah you can actually come to a point where you respect each other right if there's always an authoritarian aspect there it doesn't matter who's right and wrong what matters is that who the authoritarian thinks is right or wrong who who the authoritarian basically gives the uh gives the uh, um judgment down to right and that means that you're almost certainly never have an incentive to respect the other person because you always have that authoritarian, you know, as a backup, right? If you're the, you know, liberal person, then you're going to view the conservative person as, you know, bad or evil or this, that, and the other and never really care about trying to get their respect or trying to understand where they're coming from because, you know, you can just say, oh, you know, I'm right because the government agreed with me. Or the other way around, in which the conservative does the same thing. And It's like, oh, you know, these liberals are terrible, blah 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 blah. And I'm right because the government agrees with me, right? <laughs> or vice versa, in that they say, oh, you know, I'm right, but the government is corrupt. That's why they agree with you, <laughs> right? Either way, you cut it. As soon as you introduce an authoritarian kind of um, um, presence here into this formula. You degrade and you disincentivize the desire for cooperation and for mutual respect, and that's going to become more and more and more apparent as we do have these technologies and these ways to express ourselves that um, kind of meld into the kind of public space, if you will. All right. And we're really gonna have to consider that so this is why once again I think it's incredibly important that the metaverse and all these other technologies are independent are decentralized are interoperable because if they're not then we're going to depend more and more on increasingly authoritarian um, means of dictating our ways of life not just our ways of life but even how we see life like how we see reality. How we perceive reality. The government or these corporations will be in charge of that. I don't think any of us really want to live in that world. Again, it's not about building the perfect world. It's just about building a better one. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, either way, it's going to be hard work to do this stuff. But I think it's necessary and I think it's Engaging. I think it's you know something we can definitely do, and something a lot of people will enjoy doing. Um, and I hope these ideas and these thoughts and these insights or conversations with myself can help other people, you know, to think about these things as well, and to uh, consider how they can help create these things and help create a more decentralized world, um, a more egalitarian world. So yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Please let me know your thoughts and ideas. If you think I'm right and wrong, somewhere in between, all that good stuff. You can hit me up at Elijah Claude E L I J E H C L A U D E on every platform, primarily Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, thanks again, and have a great day. See ya. Bye bye.